are listening to the Staff Study Podcast, a ministry of Bible Baptist Church in Mount Orob, Ohio. We hope this podcast will encourage you to study the Word of God and to grow in Christ. Welcome to another episode of the Staff Study Podcast. Today we're going to be looking at the topic of creation, and Brother Dominic, he's the one who's got the lesson prepared for us today, so he's going to be doing most of the talking. But before we get into the lesson today, Brother Dominic, what kind of led you to pick this topic and, you know, why is it so important for our listeners who are listening in today? So um, this topic, I think everybody, uh, any believer would agree that it's a foundational doctrine. It's a foundational point is um, the doctrine of creation and where we stand on that as Christians. So um, earlier this year, we um, went through a little apologetic series um, Brother Corey's here. Um, I help out in the teen group upstairs. He's the youth director. And so we did an apologetic series covering a few different topics with the teens, and this was one of them, um, was creation. And um, the idea was to equip the, the teenagers with the biblical account of creation. Right. So they would know what they believe, figure out what they believe, why they believe it, um, and most importantly, you know, what does the Bible say about creation so they can defend their faith and that doctrine, especially coming out of high school, going into college yeah. and all that stuff. So um, very important, but not only for young people, um, but all of us, all of us as Christians and um, and our, our stance on this. So uh, as I was preparing for that uh, earlier this year, I, there was... Um, an article I just happened to see just coincidentally right around the same time and this would have been around January and it was an article from uh, Fox News so it was a national headline and it was titled that Christians are pointing to genetic breakthroughs to show that Adam and Eve the concept of Adam and Eve are compatible with evolution and so I'll get into some, some quotes. I've, I just picked out a few quotes um, from the article. Basically, the, the idea is that there's these scientific breakthroughs that they're claiming, and they're saying that it can bridge the gap between uh, the biblical account of creation as we believe it and evolution. And it's basically trying to, really when you boil it down, it's just conformity. Yeah. It's um, tying it's, the two together. Yes, and so there's even Christians that we'll see quotes from that are basically saying, "Hey, we can get along with this thinking. We can. We don't have to be at odds with evolution, evolutionary thinking. Um, we can bridge the gap and and find that common ground." And so uh, that's kind of just been on my mind that article. And then we went through the, the study with the teenagers, of course, and, um, and just really looked at just the foundation of creation from the Bible and the doctrine of it. So I guess um, we can just look at some of the quotes from this, this article first and kind of see what, you know, what some people are saying recently um, in the world about, about creation and evolution because it seems like there's always some kind of new something right. changing well and like the, you know the evolutionary theory has been around so long it's like how many times are they gonna change it or right. you know adapt and right what are our teenagers dealing with like now compared to 
whenever they first started teaching it. Something you just said, I think it's very important. It's a theory. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. We know that it's a wrong theory, but be, people have this, that, that, that evolution is scientific fact. No. Right. Scientists will tell you it's a theory. Now, we know because we believe in the inerrancy of Scripture that we don't believe that theory. We yeah. believe the Bible is is the standard of truth. And, right. But even if a scientist is, is being honest, it's a theory. It's not a scientific fact. Right. right. Well, and how much comfort can you take in knowing, you know, God's Word isn't going to change, whereas the science, science is always changing yeah. because we're right. always finding sure. out new things. And But if we're throwing theories around how, you know, what a great foundation to have the Word of God that doesn't change. So, right, and and with the with the teenagers earlier this year, that's one of the things we hit on is um, there's so much you can get into about what the evolutionists are currently saying and pushing, and what new quote unquote find you know uh, um, new discoveries. Yeah, so you can get bogged down with all that. But one of the things we we were we made sure to be clear about with the teenagers was in that study, we weren't going to get bogged down with all of what science is saying. Um, and we didn't. We didn't. Um, it wasn't our goal to pull out what is evolution saying and let's refute it. Um, and Rob pointed out, uh, talking about science, the definition of science is it's the intellectual practical activity encompassing the systematic study of structure and behavior of physical and natural world and this is the key through observation and experiment mm-hmm. so if it's not something proved through observation and experiment then that's kind of what rob was just saying it's not science mm-hmm. it's not technically science yeah. so to take all these claims you know, you could go through all the claims that evolutionists make. If it's not by observation and experiment, it's not science. It's as that right. the Bible would call science falsely so-called. Yeah. So, um, and then we have, of course, Kenton pointed out the Bible, which is God's word. That is that is the truth. That is the truth from God himself. So we just looked at the the doctrine, the foundation of creation from God's word without pulling out all this stuff of what does evolution say, we're not really concerned with what they say, really, yeah. when it comes down to it. If if science agrees with the Bible, then it's right. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and, yeah. They, and they can have that token. Right. If science disagrees with the Bible, then it's wrong. Right. And so that's kind of the approach I think we were trying to, to get into the minds of the teens and even ourselves um, and so that's kind of the approach for today. Um, I'm sure y'all would want to stick with. You know, we don't want to we don't want to get bogged down with what evolution is is saying or trying to say and call proof. Um, but what what did stick out to me about this headline, and I'll read some of these quotes, is it's pulling Christians, so-called Christians, into it. It's not just what evolution is saying it's um it has some some christians um jumping on board with this so i'll read some of this and then maybe y'all can if something comes to mind or a thought you have you can jump in um there's several different people uh names scientists different people cited in this i'm not gonna try to 
uh, fool with keeping up with who said what on here. The article's on Fox News from January. Um, you can look it up and figure out who said what. But um, one of these guys, the main scientist guy that was pushing this, said even if Adam and Eve lived as recently as just 6,000 years ago, they would be the genealogical ancestors of everyone across the globe by A.D. 1. They could have even been created from dust and a rib. Of course, at the same time, we would also descend from people outside the garden, others whom God created by a providentially governed process of evolution. So that's where they start with this. So that would just so make he's up like, stories. yes. So there's God and there's this evolution that's not God, right. according wow. like what this guy's saying. So from the get go, the 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 appeal here is that okay, God and an Adam and Eve and all this narrative can fit. We'll let the Christians in, but it was God setting forward a, a divine process of evolution. Hmm. Hmm. That's really interesting, especially with what the Bible says, all things are made by him, and yeah. without him was not anything made that was made. Right. <laughs> it really comes down to, like, Brother Corey just got licensed. It comes down to those 20 articles, really. Yeah. If you believe Article 1 of the Scriptures, well, then you can't believe that. Because how long were those people outside the garden on earth before Adam and Eve then? Right, it's it's like you they're, pointed out. It's outside. a new narrative. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's it's like changing the rules. It's like I remember as a kid, you know, you would play games with your friends or cousins or whatever, and like if you got beat or somebody got beat, they'd be like, yeah, like you're playing tag. Yeah, but this is base. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Well, right. Why yeah, didn't yeah. you say that before we started playing the game? Right. You know, just add your own it's rules. All, in, yeah. yeah, it's it's almost what they're doing there. It's like, well, yeah, you're right, but this was one on two. There's no record of it. But yeah, that's this was going on too. So in other words, Dominic, what you're saying with what they believe is they're saying that yes, a God created Adam and Eve. But then these people over here outside of the garden, are they claiming that God had nothing to do with their creation and they just evolved on a process on their very own? Yeah, so I think if I if I'm understanding this correctly, is is their claim is that they're saying that like Kenton said, it's changed so much, the evolution's speech has changed so much but now they're saying through these newest scientific findings that adam and eve a a quote-unquote genealogical head could have evolved Mm -hmm. from this process of evolution to where poof they evolved and you know from a monkey on down to whatever became a human Mm -hmm. and it could have been two people adam and eve that we all came from that's their that's how they're trying to bridge that gap with christians there's Um, a huge problem with with the whole evolution theory is that we come you know they're saying it all started with this single cell organism okay but let's take what we would consider a simple animal not single cell but like a frog you know we dissect frogs in high school or at least i did i'm older than some of you guys not older than jason but older than the rest of you jason's the the antique of the room but when I was in high school, we had to, we had to uh, dissect a frog. And when you cut that apart, you see the, the systems, you know, the nervous system, and you see the heart and all these different things. So here, here's the point I'm getting at. 
the brain is the head of the nervous system, right? That's the command center, right? It can't function without the heart. Yeah. Because you can't pump blood. So what came first from that single cell organism, the brain or the heart? Yeah. Because one can't function without the other. Yeah. Evolution's busted. Yeah. It doesn't work. You can't have a single cell organism that, well, this one, uh, it mutated. Now it has a brain. Well, hmm. where's the blood flow come from? Yeah. It doesn't work. Right. It's a good point. And again, it, it's it, it, that that thinking has never been able to be proven by observation and experiment. No. So so it can't be science. <clears throat> but the, here's what's concerning about it is it's one thing for some evolutionary scientists to make these claims. You know, they've been doing it forever. That's what we were saying earlier is really that's, you know, they can say what they want. But the yeah. problem here is th- there's a couple quotes here from Christian, and dare I even call them, they call themselves Baptists, uh-huh. Baptist people jumping on board with this. And so this, you know, this one guy is some Christian philosophy professor at um, a Baptist university. And he says, and he's put out a book um, that echoes these same arguments that this um, scientist was making that we just cited a second ago. And then um, this, this other guy says that these developments cause them good for the church because they offer models that preserve the biblical narrative of human origins for those people who are persuaded by evidence for human evolution. So so their <laughs> their one goal or their main mindset of what church should be is off because they're trying to get everybody in. That's not a bad goal, but your goal is to preach the word, not to right, yeah. conform so that every so that you get the biggest congregation. Does it come down to, and Jason or Corey, you guys might remember the terminology a little bit better um, from, from taking hermeneutics, um, when there's an allegorical interpretation of the Bible, mm-hmm. and I can't remember there was a large group that was really into this allegorical reading a scripture and they 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 take that the creation is not literal it's it's all allegory and that i mean you'd almost have to take that stance to even try to reconcile that but we know that you take the bible literal when you can take it literally i mean unless it says it's figurative it's literal right right right, right. um this other, this other guy uh, said here. Let me find this, this last one here. This is uh, he said, when Christians in evolutionary science find harmony and common ground, or at least a peaceful truce, we can build trust and begin to work together on matters that threaten the health, safety, and flourishing of us all. Lord have mercy. So again, like their focus is wrong because if we were reading, if we were coming out of the Bible, we'd get into eternal security and you know thinking about heavenly things. And but now right. we're focused on the earthly, right? Present. So it sounds like they're tr- they're trying to bridge the gra- gap with Christians, but it sounds like they're wanting Christians to come a little bit further across that gap to their yeah, s- right. to their side. Yeah. And even another another guy, a theology professor from this other 
Baptist Seminary is calling this scientist's findings uh, very fruitful. So you have not only Christians agreeing with this, with this thinking and this you know new way of of kind of coming together on this, but you've even got so-called Baptists, um, you know, jumping on board with this. So it's kind of concerning. You know, that's a headline, mm-hmm. a national headline, just from this earlier this year, um, and we're we already have been concerned about what secular colleges are teaching, right? That's why we had that desire to do with the teens that, yeah. that mm-hmm. series to defend their faith. But now is it a concern that you got to worry about what a Baptist uh, college is teaching about creation? Well, what right. can they do with, I mean, I don't, I really just can't wrap my head around it because even if you're taking an allegorical approach, which I think is wrong, I think everybody in the room here would agree is not the right approach. But even if you are, what do you do with it when it says that each animal and plant will produce after its own kind? How do you get from the canine kind to the feline kind to the bovine kind to the equine kind? You can't allegorize that. You can't. Right. Right. You if you're taking it literal, there's no each one of these kinds had to be created. Right. At some point. Well, and then it will always be that kind. <laughs> right. You have a Great Dane and a Chihuahua. They're obviously different dogs. I mean, you it doesn't take a genius to figure this out, but they're the same kind of animal. They're both canines. Right. That's yeah. their kind. Yeah. And you know they they say with evolution they say the whole purpose of evolving is for you to be better fit for your environment right they say to be better fit for your environment so you know just in a very humorous way my question is with us living in brown county and drinking brown county water why have my lungs not have why have my lungs or my throat or anything why have i not evolved a filtration system because anyone that lives in brown county you know you want a filter on that water it's it's gunk i mean it's nasty but where's my filter inside of my body if if i'm evolving i kind of need that filter right now because that water is terrible but it hasn't come because I'm not evolving. Well, and I don't disagree with the idea of adaptation. I know that's, you know, that's a hot, hot button word, a, a trigger for some people. But I'm not against adaptation. I, I believe that there is such thing as adaptation. You're just never going to change kind. Right. <laughs> Dogs adapt. There are. I, I believe that you know we, because we domesticated dogs. You know, we bred dogs, certain dogs, to be small. You know, rat terriers are bred to be small so they can go in that rat hole. And, you know, uh, a sheepdog is bred to be big to fight off a wolf, right? Mm -hmm. But they're still dogs. They haven't changed kind. But that's what defines true evolution Mm -hmm. is evolving from one kind to the next. Right. If, you know, it's just adaptation Mm -hmm. until that happens. And the closest thing that science has ever proven is those finches... Uh, the Darwin finches on the mm, the different beaks. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the argument is is that they did not evolve. They did not evolve. They were just at adapting mm-hmm. with the different shape of the beaks that they had. Mm-hmm. So, right, and they're still birds. Why haven't we seen anything like that mm-hmm. happen in present day? Supposedly, yeah. uh, you know, if if that did, and yeah. like Corey said, evolve with the filtration system. Hey, I'll. You know, I don't need a filtration system. I'd like to at least evolve a little, be able to get up the stairs a little better. 
<laughs> that yeah. ain't happened. Yeah, I, you know, I, I watched it getting up here. Come on. Was, you, you use it. Take a 10-minute break. But, you know, know, back to that adaptation, you know, someone was, back to the water filtration with it, someone was smart enough to realize I'm not going to evolve and grow a filter system in my body. I have to make a filter system. Yeah. That's how we as humans adapted to environment. The environment. Right. Yeah. We adapted by we made it. We didn't grow it in our body. Yeah. We made yeah. it. What's the old quote, necessity is the mother of all invention? Yeah. yeah. We have those filters because it was necessary. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. Well and yeah. thankfully, you know, the Lord's given us the know how to be able to do those things. Yeah. You know, that's what makes us different yeah. than any other yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, si- so. and science is, is great, you know, to have those things. We're not against science. Right. God made science. Right, right. <laughs> but science falsely so-called, we are, we are against right. that. What's yeah. scary about, you know, just going back to the article just before you get in, you know, we've, at least those who call themselves Christians in those articles, and, you know, they're willing to give up their belief system for the sake of getting along with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in this world where nobody wants to confront each other either they're really strong in their opinions or they're just wishy-washy right Right. so you know that again the systems are intermingling and you know you know we got to cling to cling to the word and what it tells us to do so people like affirmation not information yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's good (laughs) so if we're going to look at what you know what what does the bible say what is you know where do we got to start is of course genesis 1 1 obviously and it, it just very plainly says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He created it. So to create is to form from nothing. Yeah. He calls to exist, to produce it, to generate it. So here is where we see the creation of our current earth and its heaven right there. Uh, whenever that happened to be, we're not told exactly when that was, right? We don't, we don't Just know for sure when that happened. Yeah. It was in, the, it was the beginning. So, um, and I think that verse, as just in all its simplicity, um, immediately shoots down any idea of this divine process of evolution, mm-hmm. because if if he created. And, it, and that means to form from nothing or to cause to exist. Mm-hmm. Literally, there was nothing. Boom, there was something. Yeah. You know, God spoke and it happened. Yeah. Then that can't be a process, any kind right. of process. Well, and the Bible doesn't say, God. like, God gave so-and-so or whatever process authority to create. Yeah, God right. is the creator. Yeah. Nobody else can create anything. And for the people listening, maybe maybe if you want to clarify this a little bit, Dominic, I know for us sitting here, we might take this for granted, but somebody might not know. Could you explain a little bit what the difference in created and made is? Yeah. So so, and that was one of the things you know with our high schoolers, we were they had to get that, and you have to get it if if you're listening, and you know you have to read through genesis reading through those first couple chapters with this with these definitions in mind is just key yeah. and that is first of all create is to uh, form from nothing to create is to form from nothing to produce um, to cause to exist and on the contrary made or to make something is uh, to produce from existing 
materials or to form or fashion from something already existing. Mm -hmm. So I gave the illustration uh, to our teens that, you know, uh, when I get home at night and I come in the house, um, my wife, Samantha, we, we drink sweet tea and we like to make a pitcher of it. So when I come in the house at night and she says, hey, I made a, a new thing, a sweet tea. She uses the word made. She, when I come in the house, she didn't say, hey, I created a pitcher <laughs> I of sweet tea. sweet tea. Right? Because she took the sugar, the tea bags, the water, did the whole deal. Boom, I got sweet tea to drink. So she didn't create it. She made it. And I know, you know, there's some illustrations people use about uh, the chair, the carpenter, and all that stuff. Uh, you know, he makes the chair out of the wood, out of existing materials. Right. So that language is used differently throughout the first couple chapters of Genesis um, to create God is forming something out of nothing. And when you see the word made or make, he's taking existing materials um, and he is, and he's fashioning, fashioning something out of it, and um, you can see that. You can see that in Genesis two. Can Genesis two at um. Let's see here, uh, find my place. Genesis two, verse seven. You see one of those words out of that definition of to make or made. The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Okay? Now you say, well, wait a second. You just said he created, right? To create is to form, is to, to form something out of nothing. Mm -hmm. Well, are our bodies not made, formed out of the dust of the ground? Mm -hmm. Right? But when he created man, he created man a living soul. That wasn't made out of existing material. He used that word create, um, and that would be uh, back at, let's see, da, 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 Genesis one twenty seven. So God created man in his own image. So you see the creation of a living soul. That had never, that had never been like that before. It never happened. But then you see in Genesis 2.7, the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground. That's our body. He made our body out of the dust of the ground. Hence it, you know, curses sin, so on and so forth. It dies and mm -hmm. goes back to the dust of the ground. So um, so that's the difference there between create, yeah. create and made. Um, and that, that makes a big difference when you're reading the first couple chapters of Genesis. So... This is kind of important to note, too, because a, a lot of people ask this question, and <clears throat> it's, it's the question of, you know, when was God created? Mm -hmm. if, <clears throat> and so I love this. Uh, Arthur Pink put it this way. He, he, said, he tells us that um, Genesis 1-1 only speaks of the heaven and the earth being created, not God. <laughs> That's good. He, so right he says that we must, in all our thinking, begin with God and work down to man. False systems of theology and philosophy begin with man and seek to work up to God. So it's very plain. If, if we're going to accept God at his word and take a literal interpretation, then we need to look at Genesis 1.1 1, 1 
that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. It's not our job to to question anything outside of that. Yeah. God spoke the universe into existence, and he did it just the way he wanted to do it. Um, and we're not led to believe there was any process. He goes through a very specific six-day plan outlining what he did, and there's no idea of any process of evolution. Um and then the same with our own creation. He, he created us just as we are, just as we are um, today. Yeah, and, you know, with, the, with God being in the beginning, sometimes the people that will argue that most, you know, because the, the, you and I have been out in the park together, Dominic, and approach people and they'll say, well, when was, when was God created? We've had that question asked. Um, Usually those people, are they're science-minded. If you ask them, do yeah. they follow the science, they'll say yes. And they have no problem with science saying the universe is infinite. That the universe has no end, that it's infinite. But why can't on, on a timeline, why couldn't God be infinite? They can, they can grasp the universe being infinite. Hmm. But they yeah. can't grasp God being infinite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's really not a leap from one to the other. Yeah, that's a very good point. So I think the problem with that is is that they are seeking to refute a belief in God. Is yeah. the whole is the whole foundation there? Mm-hmm. It's not so much as they're wanting to hear something that you might convince them of. Right. <laughs> they're they're coming in with a disbelief in God, and so they have faith in their science mm-hmm. because they have to have faith in their science to believe it. Just as much as we have to have faith in our God to believe it. Right. Right. It makes yeah. sense why they don't believe the Bible, because they don't believe the first verse. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? Well, when you consider all the different theories of evolution, whether you believe that it all started with a bang and evolved to what we have now, or it started with one little molecule, or even there's groups of people that believe that God created... Um, you know, to a certain degree, but after he got it to a certain point, he removed himself from the equation and let evolution take over from that point. And so he kind of started these different um, areas, but then it allowed evolution to evolve it to what we know and see today. But I think when you consider all these different theories, it really all boils down to one thing. When Adam and Eve were placed into the garden, and they ate the fruit, the immediate reaction or feeling that they had was accountability. Mm-hmm. As soon as they did, yeah. their natural reaction was to run and hide. Who were they hiding from? God. Why? Because God created them, gave them the rule, gave them the commandment. They disobeyed. They knew they were accountable to him because he created them. Yeah. And so when you have a person who is trying to explain away or dismiss the idea of God, they're dismissing their reason of accountability. That's good. And as soon as you get rid of all that accountability, then you have no accountability for how you live your life. And then when you die, you don't have to give an account to God. Hmm. And that's why there's so much of an attack on the first 11 um, chapters of the book of Genesis is because they're doing everything they can to remove all of our accountability to God. So that way... um, in that way, you're not accountable at the end of your life. And 
the only way that a person can know where they're going is you have to know where you came from first. Mm. Yeah. And so we know that we're going to stand before God and give an account because he created us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's true. If, if, if the Christians are right, if, mm-hmm. if as, as and I guess we have to specify that even more now, if Bible-believing Christians who believe <laughs> yeah. that God created yeah. the heaven and the earth are right, then, then that means they have to accept. Mm-hmm. If they accept that, then they have to accept that there is a holy God that has power over them mm-hmm. and created them mm-hmm. and that they've, they've sinned against him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, and I think, you know, it, it comes down to, like we mentioned with talking with people, as Rob said, and, and what they choose to believe or don't, it really is a matter of faith when it really comes down to it with people. Because, you know, you can claim you have science on your side and all this stuff, but they're believing by faith that what their science is saying is true. They haven't seen it. They don't hold the proof to it. Um, and and our proof, our faith is the Word of God. It's it's and, like um, you know, like when the little kid asks his parents, "Why this? Why that?" Well, eventually, yeah. if you keep asking enough "why" questions, you get back to because God did it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's right, as far as you right. can go. You can't get past. God hasn't given us so. the ability yeah. to get past that He was in the beginning. Eventually. If you if you're talking to an evolutionist, eventually if you keep asking the question, well, where did that come from? Well, where did that come from? Yeah. Well, where did that come? Eventually, they run out. I, I don't know. Because and that's where something had to come from somewhere. It's the idea of the Big Bang. Where did the material for the Big Bang come from? Yeah. Well, I don't. Know. We don't know that yet. Right. So you got faith that it came from somewhere, and even if you Okay, I'll give you that. The material came from somewhere. And we'll just ignore that for a minute. When did an explosion ever create order? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they always create chaos. Like Dominic said, you have to have a physical example to observe for it to be science. Yeah. So where is your example of an explosion creating order? It's yeah. not there. Right. Right. What I always tell people, I say, <clears throat> I'm going to go on Amazon and I'm going to order all the new parts for a Porsche. I'm going to lay them in my driveway. How many times do I need to blow them up before I have a new Porsche? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You're not going to get them. No, a Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I'll take either. Yeah. That's good. So, so as a Christian, just to, just to kind of, you know, nail down here what we've, what we've been driving at is obviously we, ex- we accept the literal um, statement of Genesis 1-1 that in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. And so we accept that as being true, uh, literally, that God created the heaven and the earth in the beginning. And we recognize, you know, our rightful place. We are the created. God is the creator, right? We're, we're uh, not at liberty to uh, question that or question where God came from or throw in um, any other narrative or addition to it. We have to accept that um, by faith. And so then we see, you know, from the Genesis account that at some point, you know, in time, God created the heaven and the earth and our heaven and our earth. We don't know how long ago that was. Um, but then continuing on through Genesis, it picks up 
where we see the first of the literal six days of creation that we accept as um, as six literal 24-hour days beginning the first day where God speaks, the lights um, come on. It's, it's not the sun or the moon or the stars because they don't appear till the fourth day. So God speaks and the light comes on. Um, the second day, um, we see that phrase that's used many times through these first couple chapters, um, let or let there be. Um, that's used again. And uh, the firmament, firmament is made. And so remember the differences we cited between create and made. When he's creating, it's, it's from nothing. And uh, making is he's, he's using existing materials or he's forming, um, forming uh, existing materials into something that it wasn't before. And then the third day, there's two works going on. Um, and this is all just obviously through Genesis 1, of course, right now, that you can find uh, two works happening on the third day. Um, the waters are gathered together, and he exposes the dry land, the earth underneath it. Um, and then God restores uh, plant life after he does that, which it would make sense to be able to restore plant life after you pull the <laughs> the water back right, right? and yeah. expose the dry land you certainly couldn't do that before so um and then the fourth day genesis 1 there uh, 14 through 19 we see that wording again let there be and also we see god made those those phrases continuing to be used and so he takes um already existing objects the sun and the moon and the stars which he created back in genesis 1 1 and he's setting them in their rightful place, and he's giving them their purpose. He's forming them, giving them their purpose for this uh, new age as we, as we see them, as we see it now. And then the fifth day, uh, Genesis uh, 1, 20 through 23, um, we see the first time since, this is interesting, um, the first time since Genesis 1, 1, God created the heaven and the earth, however long ago that was. Um, this is the first time now we see that word created used again. It's not mm-hmm. until the fifth day. Um, and that's Genesis 1, 20 through 23. Um, and so what he's doing here is he's uh, creating uh, the fish and of the sea and the uh, winged fowls. So um, no process of evolution again. We're, it's the same types of fish and fowl. As Rob pointed out, it's the kinds, the same kinds, same types of kinds. Um, so there's no process of evolution. He created these, these animals. Um, and then, of course, uh, the sixth day, Genesis 1, 24 through 33, which we kind of hit on a second uh, earlier, uh, two works happening again. Um, God brings forth the living creatures um, there's that word again, a creature, something created. So he brings forth, he creates these living creatures. Um, and then we see that the second work is the creation of man. And of course, um, the Trinity's present, right? And the creation of man, mm-hmm. where he says, let us. Um, and man is created in the image of God, of God the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. 
um, after God's own likeness or his resemblance and form. I was going to ask, Dominic, if you could explain, because we know it says God formed man out of the dust of the ground, right? But then it Mm -hmm. says he created man in his image. Do you care to give both sides of that, like explain the two parts? I think that's how you broke it up when we were talking to the teenagers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, So... yeah, so, so the difference there, we kind of mentioned it earlier, but we can um, look back for just a minute and um, kind of get a little further into that because um, it's important. So, so that the act of the creation of man is given at the end of Genesis 1 there, um, in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, and then we see further details of it are provided in Genesis 2, and the words make and created... Are both used as Kenton's saying so you know um, we position to the teenagers and trying to teach them how to rightly divide and study their Bibles you know this could be a, a, a conundrum someone could throw <laughs> yeah. up you know this is a, a, a could be a quote-unquote flaw in what we've been constantly saying the difference between created and make or made um, so how can both of this be true um, and the answer is found in Genesis 2, 7, which we cited earlier, but we'll go back and look at it for just a second. Um, it says in 2, 7, The Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So, so clearly you have man being formed or made or to make of the dust of the ground, which is our body, Right, um, and a, a Ecclesiastes uh, twelve seven gives us some insight into that, and then you have uh, God breathing into His nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. There's the creation. So you have the make and the creation, and so remember, of course, if we go um, uh, back to uh, uh, Thessalonians, we we see in many other places that we have a body, a soul, and a spirit. Right, mm-hmm. so we're th- we're three parts, um, and so the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground is referring to our body being made, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul, is referring to God creating man as a living soul with a spirit, and so these verses, um, Ecclesiastes twelve seven, as we said says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. See the yeah. the distinction. I think, is I think what's so divided. neat about that, you know, God God made our body, He made man. That in itself is like amazing because we know how the human body works, right? But what He and He's given us the ability to make things the same in the same way He did, right? Yeah. But what he hasn't given us the ability to do, which we hit on earlier again, was create. Hmm. So when he yeah. says he created our soul, he breathed into us, man became a living soul. We don't have that ability. That puts so much more value on your soul than it does on your body, right. which we see throughout the rest of Scripture, right? Because, you know, do you know for sure if you die today, you'd go to heaven? It's not about right. your body. It's about your soul. It's about your soul. I just, think yeah. that was, I just thought that was a cool point to pull out. And, yeah. I think it's interesting, Dominic, hit on it just a touch is made in our image you have the the trinity father son holy ghost 
we're a trichotomy. I, I don't. I, I think Dominic used that word. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, that's a big word. <laughs> I don't think I did. I might. I can use it. I probably can't spell it. <laughs> but we're a body, a soul, and a spirit. Right. It. Th- that doctrine. It's. It's laced in Genesis one one. In the beginning, sure. God. That's Elohim in the Hebrew. That is a uniplural word. That is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In Genesis 1-1, that doctrine is laid right there at the very start of the Bible. It's yeah. amazing to me. Yeah, and and that's it's such a key doctrine, you know, the, the doctrine of the Trinity. And we see that, like you said, we're we're made a Trinity just in the same yeah, in the same way. We're a body, a soul, and a spirit. And so, you know, looking at all this, just to kind of sum it up, is, you know, we accept what Genesis 1-1 says, literally, and, you know, we accept um, the the six days of all that God created and made, just as it says in those in those first verses there. Um, we, we have to accept that literally. And um, just like Hebrews 11, um, 11-3 says it's, it's through faith. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Yeah. And it says, so yeah. that the things which are seen were not made of the things which do appear. That's so I like that word. Faith. Through faith, we understand. It's not through faith we guess or we hope. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. understand. We understand it. Yeah. yeah. We understand. Yeah. And so, you know, you if you're listening, you have conf- conflictions about this. Um, you know, say, well, I'm a Christian. I want to believe in God, you know. And... Uh, but I'm, I'm, I kind of see some of this evolutionary stuff. Well, you can go back and forth and try to beat yourself over the head with all the so-called statistics and proofs you want till you're blue in the face. You can look at all that stuff until you die. Um, but you have to come to, as what Jason pointed out so great earlier, you have to come to the fact that you are the created, that there is a creator, someone above you, a holy God, uh, that we will have to answer to one day, and and it's only through faith that we can understand um, the the creation of of everything of our heaven and earth, and it has to be through faith. If you can't accept it by faith, if you're looking for some sign or some um, you know, if I could just see some scientific fact or something, you have to accept it by faith. Right. It's, it's the same with our salvation, and so um, you can do that but you have to come to the end of yourself and accept it by faith, this biblical doctrine of, yeah. um, of creation. And really anything that departs from, from what we've went over here in Genesis is, is just not whoever, whatever Christian wants to endorse it. It's not the biblical um, account of creation. It's I was going to say not. that segues perfectly into, you know, as we wrap up, you know, the salvation portion of our, podcast you know you said you have to realize you're the created you're on the bottom half of that relationship if that makes sense you know you you're not the top dog you know (laughs) and so that's part of what salvation is rob's going to explain you know that relationship that we can have with jesus christ yeah it comes down to you know we touched on we're a body a soul and a spirit right so your body, I think it's pretty obvious what your body is, right? I mean, I don't think anybody needs that explained. I hope not. If you do, this is probably isn't the right podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Twenty twenty two. But your soul is what's looking out your eyeballs right now. That's what's on the inside looking out, right? 
So your spirit, what's your spirit? Well, you're born with a dead spirit, right? So you need to be born again. Your spirit needs to be made alive. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We need to be born again. So it comes down to this. How do we do that? We need to place our faith in God. You're, you're talking about faith. We need to place our faith in the finished work that Jesus Christ did on the cross. So um, Jesus told Thomas, when, speaking of Thomas, he says that um, if, if you have believed and not seen, that you'd be more blessed, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we need... We need to place that faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's a gift. It's free. So we need to come to the realization that we're sinners. Every single person on this earth. Jason touched just briefly on uh, Adam committing that sin and eating that fruit. Ever since then, everybody's been born with a, with a sin nature. Uh, so we're all sinners. Everyone on this earth has told a lie. Everyone on this earth has probably stolen something. Not of, Hopefully most of you have not stolen anything of any real value, but you've still stolen something. We've broken that law. Um, we are lawbreakers. Um, we're told you can't be justified by the law. And we need justification, right? We need a pardon of sin. So how do we get it? Jesus comes to earth. He never sins. He never earned his death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That's our earnings. We die because we're sinners. It's like a paycheck. I go to work. I get a wage. I sin. I get a wage. But it's death. Yeah. Jesus comes. He never sins. He still dies. So why does he do it? He was paying our fine. It was our death. But he did it substitutionary. So we need to accept it. So the Bible says that um, if we'll believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, that we'll be saved. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. So we need to ask him for that. Um, I've used this analogy many times with Dominic standing next to me. If I have a bunch of speeding tickets and go to court and the judge says, you owe $1,000 or you're going to jail... And I said, I don't have $1,000. Dominic could stand up and say, I'll pay the fine. The judge can let me go. He's still a good judge. He got the fine paid. But if I tell him to sit down and say, Dominic, sit down. I don't want your money. The judge is going to put me in jail. It's what's owed to me. He's, he's got to do what's right. Well, God's the most just, holy judge. He has to do what's right. So we owe death. And we are going to pay it. But Jesus offered to pay it for us. So we have to accept it. We have to ask him for it. So if you can't remember a time that you specifically prayed and said, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that. And I believe that Jesus' death on the cross was the payment for my sin and that he rose again from the dead. If you don't remember a time that you've prayed and asked God to save your soul, right now would be a great time to do it. You could, you could just pray that simple prayer and say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died, that he was buried, that he resurrected on the third day, and that it was the full payment for my sin. And I'm asking you to save my soul. 
And the greatest part about that is if you pray that in belief, that's the key part. You have to believe it. If you pray that in belief, it's not a maybe, it's a promise. It says, thou shalt be saved. That's that's a, a confident word. That's not, that's not wishy-washy. It's a promise from God. God is holy. He doesn't sin. That means he doesn't lie. If he promises something, it's a fact, and you can count on it. And that's how you get born again. That's when your spirit is quickened. Yeah. So we're three parts, but the problem is until you're born again, you have a dead spirit. Your spirit needs to be born. Yeah. Your spirit is quickened. Yeah. That's what we need to, to, to complete that trinity. Yeah. We need to have our, our spirit quickened, and that's how we can do it. If you've done that today, we would love if you would message us. I mean, we would love to know. if Even if you haven't done that today, if this podcast or any others of ours that you've listened to has made an impact on you, reach out to us. Go on Facebook, facebook.com slash staff study podcast. Look us up on there if you haven't. Uh, send us a message. We want some communication. If you just have a comment, uh, you know, just, hey, we enjoyed the podcast, or, hey, we don't enjoy your podcast, whatever it might be, <laughs> sure. just let us know. We want some correspondence. We, yeah. we don't do this. I said this one time before. We can talk all day and not record it. We want this to be a ministry, and that's the way we're looking at it. Uh, we we talk all the time. We don't have to record this. We have conversations um, daily. So uh, we hope that you've reached out or that you will reach out if this has made an impact on you. Absolutely. Yeah, make sure to like, you know, subscribe, share, all that stuff. You know, um, share it with a friend who, you know, may not know the Lord or you have a burden for that just, you know, needs some some good, solid Bible doctrine in their life. Um, and again, we hope it's an encouragement to you. Um, and we look forward to seeing how y'all respond in the next episode. See y'all. Thank you for listening to the Staff Study Podcast. It is our prayer that this has been an encouragement for you in your walk with the Lord. Please visit our website at www.bbcmtorab.org for more information on our church and associated ministries. It is our desire to encourage you to study God's Word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth.